You are now tuned into the Unmother and Unbothered podcast, a space for the unmothered daughters of absent, part-time, or neglectful mothers. This is a place where we explore the residual damage that has been done due to being unmothered. If you are ready to heal, if you're ready to forgive and thrive, you've come to the right place. Stay tuned. This week on the Unmothered and Unbothered podcast, we're going to discuss trauma triggers. Now, I know that sounds like something that can be heavy, and it probably is something that most people think does not relate to them, but I promise you, this episode has equal parts seriousness, equal parts hilariousness, because I had a situation happen to me last week. In which I was triggered by the oddest thing. And I had no idea that this, mm, I should say, quote unquote, situation was going to be a trigger for me. It, It was the weirdest thing. But stay tuned to listen to the story. Okay, so I'm back. So let me tell you how this episode came about. Again, today we're going to talk about trauma triggers, okay? And we'll go more into what that is in a second. But I want to tell you the story that is kind of hilarious now. Well, no, it's not really hilarious. It's a little funny now, but at the time it wasn't. So last week we were, I was in Colorado and um, there was three different instances where I came face to face with like nature. Like to me, I call it wildlife, but people just think I'm just overreacting. All right. We were the first time we were in a classroom in a building. We The classroom was in the kind of like in the basement of the building and on the back side of the building. And it was during the festival. So it was broad daylight, you know, 11, one o'clock. And the back wall of the room is all windows. And so as we are listening to a guest speaker, a deer just kind of walks into, you know, the area, the little patio area. They had tables and things out there. And it was so odd to me because there are hundreds of people on the campus that we were on, on the Aspen Institute campus, because there's a festival going on right outside in the front of the building and all over campus. And this deer comes out of nowhere and it's just like walking around looking for food whatever it's grass and stuff back there but then we didn't go out there but we all got up and we're like looking and the deer looks up and just sees us and keeps it moving and that was odd to me because in Alabama like I feel like not that I know this to be true for sure and not from experience but Deer, they're they're not that bold. Um, They're easily spooked and startled. And and I don't know. I mean, from my experience, um, and my experience really is based off of being in a car. But anyway, the deer just felt, it it seemed like the deer was comfortable, okay? So in my head, I'm like, damn, this is so weird. Like, 
okay, whatever. He out there, I'm in here, no problem. All right. Maybe a day or two later, we are going to a preserve. We're going to this cabin. Um, we're going to have a nice barbecue dinner there. We're going to walk through the preserve, the property, the land, the acreage, and go to a pond and take pictures. On our way there, again, it's like maybe five, so it's not late, late. It's, the sun is still out. It's not dark. There are cars still on the road. I mean, it's 30 plus people in my group. We're walking and we had just passed like a business, you know, it wasn't, we weren't in the, in the trees, in the woods yet. And we see another deer. I'm like, what in the, what's going on? And I mean, it is right next to the road, just, and right next to us. Big deer looks up, keep it moving. Don't run, just start back eating. Like we're not even there. And we loud, I know, cause People are excited. They pulling out their phones and the deer was so close to us, like so close and didn't even turn around. Wasn't spooked, nothing. I'm like, yo, <laughs> where am I? And I'm looking around like no one else. There's nothing strange about this right now. I will say I'm a city girl at heart. Um, I do live in a country now. But I still am not comfortable with wildlife. I mean, I'm still running. Today, I went to get some food for dinner, and it stormed all day and rained all day. And I know outside my building, it's always frogs. Just today, when I was going downstairs to get some food, get in my car, I seen a couple frogs, and I was like about to break my neck because I don't like frogs. They jump. If a frog jump on me, I mean, I'm going to probably strip butt naked outside. And when I came home and opened my door to get out of my car, there was a frog on the car next to me. And when I opened my door, it jumped on my car. I almost peed on myself. I closed my driver's door, climbed over the console, and got out on the passenger side and ran in my building. I just don't do wildlife. Okay? Okay. So... As we begin to keep walking um, to the preserve, we did enter like an area that had like a lot of tall grass. Um, and I mean, like up to my shoulders. And I instantly felt anxious. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. What if another deer comes busting through this grass? Like, why am I so... I was terrified. I will be very honest. I can't think of a time that I was more scared. Um, by now, I've seen two deer and I know they're not afraid of us. So there's nothing stopping them from just busting up through these, this grass or these trees. So I'm like, okay. Okay, let me try to calm down. I didn't say anything, you know, too crazy. I, I know I was like, y'all believe that? Can y'all, you know, it's a deer and it's not running. Okay. So we get to the place and... Um, put our bags down. We're sitting on the back patio. It's beautiful. They're like, we're going to take a walk to the pond. I'm going to talk to you about where you are, what we use it for. And then at the pond, we'll take pictures. And I was like, um, oh my God, I can't go. My fear seized me. You know, that's why I said this story will be equal parts, like seriousness and equal parts hilarity. Um, it was very, very frightening. I was terrified because the little path to get to the pond was that same kind of tall grass 
like tall and I just saw like a little dirt or like a little worn path and it was very pretty but I promise you I was gripped in fear like I could not go and everybody got up and I said to the girl next to me I said I cannot go and she was like precious you have to go we got to take pictures what you gonna do sit here so then I didn't say nothing else to her because I didn't want to get smart with her but like clearly you could see that I was afraid Mm, she didn't care but whatever that's not her you can't assume people know without telling them so I was like okay whatever I'm not gonna say nothing else to her but I'm scared and I'm not going so one of the um guys that's over the program works with the program he was last and he was like are you going and I was like I just don't think I can go that deer the other day the deer just now and this grass like I started crying now if you know me and I'm crying I something's wrong either I'm real mad real real angry you want to move or I'm just really, really upset. And I it shocked me. I couldn't understand where the fear came from. I was I was I was just ridiculously afraid. I know he was confused and I hate that he was confused like that. I hate that he was put in that position and he was like, I can stay here with you. You know, it's a three minute walk. And I was like, you don't have to stay with me. I'm going to stay in the cabin, but I cannot go through this grass. I cannot. My feet ain't moving because a deer could walk up to me in any second. That's how I felt. And I, I, I'm going to act the damn donkey out here. And I'm going to ruin everybody's good time. So I'm going to just stay here. He said, okay. He came back. He said, he talked to someone else and he said that um, it's literally just a three minute walk. You can take a walk. I haven't seen any animals. And you can come down. No, I think he said you have two options. You can come down, take your picture really quick with Jalen, and then we'll leave. And then you can come back. Or we, you can take your picture here, you know, close to the house after we come back. And I really pictured myself getting up and going and saying, like, I'm going. I can do this. And I just couldn't do it. And I said, I'm going to take him here. I, I just can't go. Now, I'm not the type of person or female woman that does stuff so that people can feel sorry for me like to be honest a lot of the reason why I've kept my story about growing up without my mom to myself is because I don't want people to feel sorry for me it's because I don't want people like oh my goodness oh my goodness like I don't want that so it didn't come from that place um, it didn't come from a place of attention. I, I feel like I, I'm fine without attention. If I want attention, I get enough attention on my own. I, I, I'm not the helpless, like, oh, my God, I don't know the difference between a Phillips head and a flat. What is that? Like, I'm not one of those people who I, I'm not. I don't like to be helpless. I don't like I don't like it. So it wasn't that. And, you know, I worried um, about people thinking that and I think that that just caused me more anxiety right so he leaves back out and I'm sitting inside the door to the porch on the back like patio is open and it's like propped open and I be damned if a damn deer don't walk up on that damn back patio oh my god all I could think about was see I knew it was still around. I knew it was coming. That's all I could think of. And then it acts like it's ass when I walk toward that door where I was at. Oh, my God. Gee. And I couldn't run out the front 
because we seen a deer going that way already. I'm trapped in the house with the deer. I'm trapped. Like, I can laugh about it now, but I'm telling you, I, it was like I was in a movie. I'm not used to wildlife like that. I'm just not, and I'm never going to be. Um, it showed me so many different things. I'll talk about that in a minute. But anyway, eventually the Lord himself must have put his hand in front of the door and said, don't go in here. Um, the deer turned around, went on about his way. At this point, I'm, I'm crying. I'm almost hysterical. I call my best friend and she's like, you need to tell somebody you need to leave. Because the plan was for us to be there, you know, it was going to be dark. And we were going to walk back, walk back. If we saw one deer in broad damn daylight, how many were we going to see on the walk back? Okay, that added a layer of anxiety. And then someone who works in there comes in and says, um, you know, I just told him I couldn't go. You know, we saw the deer. I was just, and I'm trying to be calm. And he says, yeah, he says, we have all kind of things around here. Deer, they, they probably got a fawn somewhere in the grass out, out there by the water. And so she's just kind of walking around um, looking for food for her fawn. So he, he, all I hear is there's another deer out there by the water. Then he says, um, so, yeah, you'll see a lot around here. Uh, it's not cold, but you may see a bear or two. Now, you don't want to let them get that close to you, but a deer ain't going to do nothing. Sir, you just put the nail in the coffin, the final nail. I'm not going anywhere. So, y'all got bears out there, too? What? No. And then he's going to say, well, enjoy your evening and leave. <laughs> Sir, you do not have a clue the kind of damage you just did. By this time, I'm calling my best friend. <laughs> so when she hear me crying, she knows it's serious because I'm just not a crybaby like that. So she's like, you need to tell somebody you need to leave. And that's it. You need to tell them because I would be scared too. You need to tell them. And I'm like, I, I don't want them to think that I'm a weak person or that I'm making a scene or, you know, like I really was really upset about my my reaction to what was going on added another layer because I couldn't control how I felt and I'm I'm being serious when I say I was gripped with fear gripped with fear of being like hoofed to death by a damn deer like I just and I'm like what is this like what is causing this right so I'm upset I'm scared uh, I'm thinking people are like oh my god so they all get back my eye, the t tears are right behind my eyes, but I've cleaned it up. My student walks up to me with another guy. You okay? And I'm like, I'm, mm -hmm, I'm okay. I'm good. So then the other student, he, he is so sweet. He's, um, five of the students came from South Africa, from Johannesburg. And, um, he was one of them and he came, he just gave me this big old hug. He always hugs you. And then he walked away. I know that was him giving me a little strength. And then when somebody that's over, another person that works for the program, she, uh, walked with me and I just started crying. I need to go. I got to get out of here. So she's like, oh, God, I'm going to take it. All right, you want a plate? I'm like, I don't want anything to eat. That's how y'all know I was scared because I ain't get no food. Get in the car and I am just distraught because I feel like I have let my student down. Oh, no. She came up to me and asked me, did I want to take the picture? Now, we went out back and we did take the picture, but I told her, I have got to go. I can't be here. I'm terrified. So another girl, another teacher, not a girl, but another teacher had been sick for, for a day or so. And so she came out just to take the picture too, but she went back to the room. 
So luckily she was going to already take her back and we were in the same hotel. So that's how it was. It wasn't inconvenient, but I was just crying and crying. And I just told him I'm so disappointed in myself, but I am so scared. Like I can't explain it, but like, I can't even be here. Like, please get me out of here. And I know this I'm being, you think I'm being ridiculous, but I really am terrified. And she was just very reassuring, blah, blah, blah. So got back to the room, maybe like six. 6 30 I lay on that bed I didn't even take off my clothes and I just went to sleep I didn't wake up till the next morning and get ready to go like I was emotionally exhausted woke up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and I was like oh my god these people are asking me all these questions and I don't know how to answer um like lord I'm just I don't I don't know I've never been in this place before these people, when I say these people, the people of the program have been so hospitable. I have never felt more welcome, never treated better. I was treated very well when I went to Seoul, Korea, but I was treated, you know, just as just as amazing in um, Aspen. And I felt like I let them down and, you know, I didn't want to draw attention. One reason I, I didn't go to is because I would have acted a, a fool. Nobody would have been having a good time. If, if, if I heard anything or let's say we seen a rabbit, I, I know me right um I left the dinner too I couldn't stay I was terrified but I also didn't want people constantly feeling like they got to come up to me and ask me if I'm all right I didn't want that so I'm like okay Lord let me get myself together so then I'm, I'm looking on my phone and I see um something posted on somewhere I don't remember who or what but it said if a person's reaction is not in proportion with the environment or situation, then they were probably triggered. And I was like, huh, I wonder, you know, if I was triggered by something, like, let me start, let me, let me think about that, right? So before I go into what I realized, let me just say a trigger, and the reason I said a trauma trigger is because that's pretty much what the, what a trigger is. It's, it's, a trigger something that reminds you of a trauma um or just an ex you know trauma is any experience that is uncomfortable that um you could have been hurt in or you could have been abused in or just a, a situation that was just um it was just so not necessarily something that touched you physically or happened to you it could have just been a situation you were in or a place and there was some devastation or something that happened that left you feeling a certain kind of way and anything whether it's the sound of something whether it's seeing feeling you know touching tasting something um anything that will remind you of that time or situation is considered a trigger and I was like I don't think I have like triggers like that. Now I do know that I don't like people to yell at me because it takes me back to a time in my childhood when there was just a lot of um, fighting and fussing and domestic violence and they were screaming at each other a lot. I can't take people yelling at me. I can't take it. Like it, I can't. Um, that's like a trigger. But you don't always know that you have a trigger to a certain situation. Like you don't know that something has affected you that much sometimes until you're put in the same situation. Now, I have never liked animals. I've never wanted to be around no damn frogs. I don't like rabbits because they hind feet, like they back feet, they hind legs, they long and ugly. And I can't think of them touching me. It's disgusting. 
Um, I'm terrified of mice and rats. Terrified would move out of a house. Terrified. Um, so I don't like stuff with fur, like hamsters, gerbils, ferrets, squirrels. I don't want to be around guinea pigs. I don't want to be around none of that. I don't like them. Now, I'm not afraid of snakes. I know that sounds strange, but I have pictures with me holding a snake, two different snakes around my neck. For some reason, I'm just not scared of snakes, but I don't like birds. I don't like crickets. I ain't that scared of spiders. Like, they don't make me you know, run out of my house, but I will run out of my house if I saw a mouse. So I just like what I like. I'm scared of what I'm scared of. Now, me being afraid of a deer is not a big deal. It's not really the issue. The issue is I was literally gripped with fear and terrified. Okay. So as I begin to think more and more and more about it, and I think I spoke to a friend and she said, well, didn't you tell me that a deer once ran into you guys that's like onto your school property right outside your class window and it ran headfirst into a car the driver's ed car and it was bleeding out the mouth and there were two dogs which they everybody kept saying they were hunting dogs you know the hell if i know what all that is but the dogs chased them supposedly chased three deer out of the woods two of them went one direction this one ended up right by my class window by the time we looked out it was bleeding out of the mouth tongue hanging up out of his mouth could not stand up like wobbling like it was so discombobulated and clearly hurt itself because it was bleeding out the mouth and those hunting dogs was like biting at it and biting it and like it was about the like that is when it clicked I think and I could be wrong but I think because that when that happened I was terrified even though it was outside my it wasn't inside it was a horrible vision to think about what I just said it was horrible to see and it's out of the, the norm and I'm from the city like, I don't see no deer running out no woods and going head first into a driver's ed car. Like, I really, really, I mean, it terrified me to see it then. Another thing is, I have lived down here for seven years, going on eight. And God is, whoo, he's so amazing. He loved me. Most people here have hit a deer before. I have not. Thank you, Jesus. Knock on wood, plastic, metal, stainless steel, and copper that I don't, that I don't hit one. The thought of that terrifies me because I know someone who the deer came through their front windshield and was like still kicking and moving and scratched him up. Like, ooh, the thought of that. And I think the thought of that coupled with seeing that deer in that situation at school, I think it really shook me up more because we laugh about the me seeing a deer because I got on the walkie-talkie and I was calling my principal. I was like, it's a deer out here. Keep the children inside. Don't let nobody. And it caused complete pandemonium <laughs> at school. So we laugh about it, but I was scared for my life. Even though I was inside my classroom, <laughs> I was scared for my life. So I think that coupled with the fear of me hitting a deer it, it, it caused that reaction. I really do. There's no other explanation for it. Um, it had to be because for me too, like I don't even go out real late in the winter here. I, I don't because I'm scared I'm hit. <clears throat> I'm scared I'm hit something. Excuse me. Football games. I leave early. I leave at halftime. It'd be dark, but it don't be super, super late. 
Cause I can't hit a, I can't. Cause when a, when the ambulance gets there, they're gonna see a dead deer, and I'm gonna be behind the wheel, stroked out. I'm gonna have a heart attack. Period. Point blank. The end. I can't handle it. I really think that that was a trigger. So, if we can get to the serious part, what I had to realize in that situation, there are times when I have been around people that are reacting a certain way, whether it's been to a comment that somebody has made or said something to them, situation, they have acted real strange. And I have said that, oh, that being ridiculous. Like, why are they overreacting? What's the problem? Like, it's not even that serious. I have said that before and I'm wrong. I need to apologize and I'm going to throw that into the atmosphere because I don't know what has triggered, you know, their reactions. Some people are dramatic and full of drama. Some people like attention. We know that. But because I was in that position last week, I know how it feels to feel like you are not in control of your emotions. And like, I know because I was confused while I was in the situation and it added an extra layer of anxiety to it because I was just confused. I was embarrassed. I didn't want to leave the wrong impression. I didn't want to make everybody else uncomfortable. And then I'm thinking that they probably think I'm just a drama queen. Um, And normally that by itself ain't enough to bother me. But on top of everything else, I just felt so out of control. And I was so emotionally drained and exhausted that I went back to the room and went to sleep. I didn't eat nothing. I went right to sleep with all my clothes on. I even had my makeup on. Um... And so I owe people an apology because I have been the one to say you overreacting or you looking for attention. I don't know what has happened to these people. And I want us all, after you've listened to this, I want people to think about that. I want people to think about people who react a certain way and you think it's unnecessary. Um, You think that they're reaching, you think they're doing it for attention. All of those, all of those things could and may be true, but they also could have a trigger that they may know nothing about. I had no idea I would respond that way. I had no idea. Um, I do know that I'm very, very afraid of hitting a deer, but, and I've never hit one. That's the thing. Like, I've never think, oh, I hate to say it because, you know, they say when you say it, then it's going to happen. But I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I know my reaction. It was like out of proportion with where we were. It didn't fit. And I could see myself looking crazy, but I couldn't help it. So I want us to just really, 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 you know, have some empathy for people um, and watch what you say to people, too. It, some You may say something and, and you not realize that your words hold weight um, to other people that you didn't think was a big, big idea, a big deal. You know, like when I was listening to another podcast the, uh, on Broadway, the Broadway podcast, I love that podcast. Um the host is a guy, a male. He said something about the Me Too movement and he feels like it's necessary, but he does feel like people use the Me Too movement um, like too loosely. They, they, Me Too, Me Too, and it's too used too loosely. And he was talking about it in relation to um, like somebody saying, oh, a rapper said to another rapper, a a male rapper said to a female lesbian rapper that he could turn her back straight. And she didn't like it. And so the the host who I think is the great host, um, 
this is not to paint him in a negative light because I think he's great. I like him. Most of the time, he he listens to everybody's opinions and he's just like, cool, that's you. I think this way. And he said, when he said that he thinks sometimes people use the Me Too movement too much and blah, blah, blah. Um, I thought about the statement about the guy saying he could turn her straight. You don't know what that triggered for her. You don't know if all her life she had to, you know, hear her parents tell her that she needed to be straight. You don't know if she was sent to, you know, they have those camps called Jesus camps when they feel like you're gay and they want you to come home straight. You don't know if she was a bully because she's gay. You don't know what words trigger. Now, I don't know as far as the Me Too movement, if that fits in there or, or if she tried to, you know, fit it in with the whole... um premise behind me too I don't know but I do know that that may not sound like much to somebody else but to her it could have triggered some memories so you know I just in summary I wanted to give y'all a little funny little story um serious message to let you guys know that sometimes people are not overreacting People have experienced different things in life I tell my students this all the time it's my pet peeve to see anybody bullying somebody. I don't, I can't stand it. I also tell them, you know, from the aspect of it's not right, you know, picking on people because you feel like they're weaker than you. But you don't know what people have gone through. You don't know what they've been through while you're talking about them, while you're pointing stuff out. I've even seen them put their hands on people and point to this and pick up their they shirt like, what is it? You putting your hands on people may triggers might have slapped fire out you. Because they've been physically abused. You know, you talking about their haircut or their shoes. You don't know if that triggers their their parent who may have been verbally and emotionally abusive to them. So, so, you know, watch your words and watch how you treat people. And really, really try to understand and be understanding of people's reactions. You don't know where things come from. There is, you know, such a thing uh, as trauma triggers and... You may even be able to think of some in your own life if you stop and think hard enough. You really might be able to really think about some triggers in your own life. I know where my fear of mice comes from. I know exactly where it comes from. When right before I moved to Alabama, I lived with a cousin. She left me in the house abandoned for two or three weeks. She moved and took her kids and didn't tell me anything. And we had started before she left to see a mouse here or there. But by the time she left and I was there for like a week by myself, it was so many mice. I used to lay in the bed and I could hear the mice running around while I was like supposed to be asleep. I could hear them. That's how bad they were. So I know where my fear of mice comes from. That's why when somebody like, what? Why you you scared of mice? They ain't going to do nothing. You don't know me. You have no idea. And gauging from the way that you're reacting to this, you're not deserving of hearing the real story. You're not. So I'm not telling you. Just know I don't play about mice. <laughs> so my principal, um, they had seen a mouse on the hall and it was just, you know, spotted here and there in people's classrooms. And I just told him. He came to my room that morning. He said, close your door. They seen one of your little friends this morning. So just keep your door closed. And I said, I'm going to close my door. But I'm going to say this. When I come to the front and tell you I'm leaving for the day, Please know it's because that mouse has made its presence known to Precious. And I'm leaving. And I'll be damned if by 10 o'clock, was it 10? Yep. 10 o'clock, 
that mouse ran up under my classroom door before 11 o'clock, I was on Highway 50 going home. I ain't doing it. I can't do it. You know why? Because I'm going to spend the rest of the day sitting on top of my desk with my pocketbook and my keys with a full bladder and hungry because I'm not moving. Right? Correct. So I'm going to wrap it up. (laughs) I just wanted to tell y'all this story about how I realized that triggers are real and how we just need to really, 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 really be cognizant of what we say and what we do and be sympathetic and empathetic to people uh, when we see them react a certain way. And sometimes they may need help getting out of there. You know, like you may not understand why your coworker acted that way when someone said something about her daughter needing to be girl you better you know whatever we say to our co-workers and friends your daughter did well girl you better get her about that you better pop her butt or you better punish her whatever you say and they may overreact and snap and everybody's like what just happened you may be just as confused but they may need you to grab their hand and say come on let's come on let's walk this way you ready to go i'll get your purse go ahead to your car you you may need to be that person for somebody and they will thank you they will thank you okay so I hope y'all enjoyed my little ha 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 and a mixture of very serious uh, episode this week. Um, message is, is, is very, very important. And I wanted to get it out. I hope you guys have an amazing, amazing rest of your uh, weekend. And I will talk to you guys soon. Goodbye. Okay, y'all, did you love it? If you did, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star rating, review, and be sure to share as well. Let people know what's going on. Let people know what I'm doing over here. Um, I'm also going to ask a favor. So if you downloaded the Anchor app in order to hear my podcast or to hear someone else's podcast, why don't you try the feature, the message feature, where you can send me a message. You can let me know what you're thinking about a specific episode or about the podcast in general. You never know. I may just play it on the next episode. Thank you so much for all of the support. And I will talk to you next time.